0: love. I've been looking for a savior in these dirty streets, looking for a savior beneath these dirty sheets. I've been raising up my hands, drive another nail in, got enough guilt to start my own room Legend. Why do we crucify ourselves? It's episode thirteen, season four, "Ravage Love." <laughs> I think it's, it's topical. It it's is topical. topical, but Tori is like,
1: "What the fuck?" No disrespect to Tori, most you beautiful, beautiful fucking soul. Um, Love you. This week on Ravage Love, we are reading the second book in the mm-hmm. Sleeping Beauty erotica trilogy. Uh, do you want to catch us up to speed there, Renee?
0: In last week's episode, <laughs> <laughs> Beauty was uh, picked up by a prince and made into his sex slave. And then brought to a kingdom full of other princes and princesses. Who were sex slaves. Now, did you see that there was like a let's catch up at the beginning of this book? Yes. Yeah. So, um, oh gosh, it was so funny. What I like highlighted something where it was like, What what's the deal? What's the deal? And now because I'm using this on like the desktop thing, it's not finding oh. it. Funny. But yes. Yeah. yeah, last last week's episode we um Nothing happened. Nothing happened except, um, pony play and spanking. And so
1: much spanking. Oh, just so everything spanking. was getting spanked. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we met a few different different characters. And uh, then at the end of the book, um, they sent our protagonist, Beauty, to, um, to the village. Mm-hmm. She was the only Beauty in the village. <laughs> and, um, that's what happened. So... Um, now, one thing I highlighted in, in like the story thus far part is that um, <laughs> it said, "With the grateful consent of her parents, they sent her to this kingdom." And I was like, "Was it though?" Yeah, I was like, "Was <laughs> <laughs> with the grateful consent?" And I felt like that was that was a red herring right because <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's what happened. But um,
1: that is a hundred percent just. Anne rice, trying to make oh, herself feel water. better. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, that's where we left off last week was with um, beauty heading to the village to be sold in a slave auction to the village, um, uh, and uh, she, she, uh, she. We, we were left with her uh, fucking a prince in a wagon. Yep, yep, <laughs> and. Um, Yeah, so
1: these books were released one, like, every year they were released for three years. So this book came out in 1984, which, again, Mm -hmm. is not an excuse for anything, but I think actually speaks to how edgy these books were at the time, because they're still pretty fucking edgy, (laughs) Uh, and this particular book is literally older than I am. Uh, So... That's where we left off um Anne Rice at the time did not put her real name. She had a nom de plume on the trilogy until all three books came out. I can't figure out how to pronounce the nom de plume. How do you say it uh rocklure Rock-
0: rock-lure. rocklure. yeah it's uh it's a type of cape <laughs> it's a type of cape um Worn by a character um, in um, Edgar Allan Poe's *The Cask of*, what is it, *Amontillado*? Oh, yeah, which is a great revenge story. Which I wish we were reading on this st- on the show.
1: So <laughs> but was... It's
0: not. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's
1: not sexy.
0: Yeah. So the big bad in that wears a cape, which is referred to as a rocklure. And, um, it's actually, it's because this type of cape is famous for the person that like a Lord or whatever, a Duke or something that popularized it, who was the Duke of Rocklure. Um, yeah, that's it. That's literally all it came from. So if you, in, in her four words, she's like, you know, so named after the man who named, it. it's literally a cape. It's just a cape. <laughs> you know, like, like she, she. Is in love with New Orleans. She could have called herself A.N. Biny and it would have been fine, but (laughs) here we are. So well, Mm. first we had (laughs) the claiming of
1: Sleeping Beauty. Then we have this book, which is called Beauty's Punishment. So again, this was published Mm. in 1984. Uh, Beauty is uh what most of us know as Aurora from The Sleeping Beauty fairy tale Mm. and she uh you know these sex slaves are all royalty and as you said at the beginning questionable consent but the family um gives up their children to this place and presumably once you've been purposely or like not purposely but um you know appropriately tamed put in your place whatever whatever you can get sent back to your kingdom now We're going to assume that the parents don't really know what the fuck happens to their kids because I certainly don't think they would ever consent to sending them there. But Beauty fell in love with another sex slave named Prince Tristan. And Mm -hmm. this book starts with, as you said, they've been sent to auction. They are like, when we say sex slaves, it is truly a like enslaved situation. So Beauty Mm -hmm. and her crush Tristan... Are sold at auction and Tristan is bought by the Queen's Chronicler which I was like, does that mean secretary? Like, historian? (laughs) Like, chronicles for stories? Um, And he is made into, I mean, this is beyond pony play. He's made into an actual service pony. So he literally has, like, he wears, like, a butt plug with a tail. He has a little carriage like a little cart that he has to carry around and then he yeah. fucks other horses like people horses um there's a lot of paddling <laughs> what's that no real horses were fucked yeah. in this to be clear <laughs> there is pony play but there is no bestiality there's no bestiality it's all pony uh, play
0: um not bestiality between the horses and the people oh we'll put a pin in that Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: You can you can tell, us, Esther. <laughs> um, a lot of paddling. Jesus Christ, Anne Rice just mm-hmm. really wanted to get spanked. Goddamn. If anything comes out of this book, it's like, I hope that woman got <laughs> spanked before she died, honestly. Because talk about a bucket list item for this bitch. Um, uh, then there's this whole part, which I had sort of vaguely knew about because of the kind of mystique of this trilogy is the idea like because it's so edgy and it's so very much I mean it's so darker than Fifty Shades that defendants of this trilogy talk about this particular excerpt as sort of evidence of the fact that this really is deeply consensual and that there it does scratch an itch for people who have a fantasy around like complete and total submission. So at one point, Prince Tristan says to his, what we would call captor, <laughs> um, yeah. that he desires the loss of his self amid the punishments, eventually becoming the punishment itself. Um, mm-hmm. And basically a classic case of, I do not want to be perceived. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, <laughs> truly just that, like, I become, like, it's the ultimate idea of being objectified, that you're no longer a person, you are just, um, you know, you are spanking itself, you are a pony, you are any of these things. Anyways, this is music to his captor's ear, because he's like, I'm obsessed with you, I love you so much. So, Nicholas declares his love for Tristan. Now, meanwhile, back at the ranch, old beauty... <laughs> was bought by an innkeeper who takes her to a fucking orgy with a bunch of drunk soldiers, which like yikes, crispies. Um, She witnesses the most horrific punishment of a runaway slave um, who quite literally is crucified. Hence Renee's callback at the beginning. Um, And in that she sees Tristan, And then Tristan begs his captor, Nicholas, who has declared his undying love to him. He begs Nicholas to be able to go and see Beauty because that's his true love. Him and Beauty bang. Then you find out Tristan is watching the whole time through a two-way mirror. Again, that's a yikes crispies for me as someone who was stocked not into voyeurism. I mean, I know it's the least problematic part of this book, but I was like, uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, and then all of a sudden it gets real racist. So (laughs) all of these quote unquote Arab soldiers, um, swoop in and steal a bunch of them, including, uh, beauty and Tristan and a bunch of other slaves, and then sends them overseas to be sex slaves for a sultan.
0: And that's yeah. how the
1: book ends
0: yeah yeah and here's the here's why i think beauty's punishment really was beauty's punishment and it was that this wasn't beauty's story <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, story story yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and so it's like the punishment here is that we don't really follow beauty <laughs> much at all in this story her story is not really told. It's the story of Tristan. Um, which You know what? This book got higher ratings on Goodreads than the first one. I, as far as story goes, I liked it better. Um, I will say that I read three other full length novels this week to put this off because I just didn't want to read it. I was like, this is going to be Ooh, difficult. Yep. And, and I read three different like 400 page each novels this week um all of all of them were fantastic um but last night i had to bite the bullet and read this um and i skimmed quite a bit but that's because you can because all of it is just spanking it's just spanking the whole freaking book um so i mean you can but but once i kind of hit the middle of the book maybe like The middle late point of it a story started to develop right like Mm -hmm. here's this relationship between nicholas and tristan that was pretty interesting and you know beauty's really leaning into her new role here as as a as a, a wench in a bar where she gets fucked by everybody like she was into it um and then there's this lawrence Is it Laurent or Lawrence? This new prince shows up, the I, one who gets crucified. Yeah, I said it because I am who I am. I was like, la Laurent. <laughs> lawrence. C'est Tristan la Reince, là? But like, to be clear, he doesn't get like the stigmata. Like he, he gets impaled on a wooden penis on a crucifix and then tied to it um, and then <laughs> paraded through the town. He also gets collected by... I love um, your like... To be
1: clear, like as if it changes yeah. it in any just, way. Just to
0: be clear. Um. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> he's just impaled. Oh, okay. Yeah. like he's, And also in this story, in this story, um, you know, in basically Tristan's story, I was happy to see how much lubrication they use. Significant the lube, amount of lube. Yes. Yeah. Um I highlighted some little passages one was his anus should be measured something I've never read before um they measured his anus um and there was a scene w- where um tristan got sent to like the public humiliation mhm um and what did they say I can't find it but oh my god it was like oh work that rump. He was told to work his rump. (laughs) And I was was. just like, show him what you made. Like, I was just like, yes. And he loved it. He loved every second of working that rump for the audience. And I, you know, I love a showman. I love a showman. As a theater kid myself, I, I recognize the inherent urge to entertain. And Tristan, God bless him, is also a theater kid. And he worked that rump. He worked it, and he was then given gold in exchange for working that rump, and he went and gave it to his master. Um, now, traditionally in this story, the, the slaves that go to work their rumps, they are given gold, and then that little baggie of gold is put in their bottom. Um, that didn't happen in this story. Many other things were put in the bottom, um, and they all loved it. This 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 story seemed obviously like... These people are getting broken down. <laughs> they are breaking. They are past the breaking point, but they're loving it, Julie. And maybe that's why the story got higher ratings is because there was a significantly like lower focus on them just sobbing endlessly. Oh, yeah, yeah. And leaning into it and being, you know, feeling appreciated and feeling loved. And that was also the difference from that the the, where they're in the castle is that like they're actively being loved and cherished sometimes um by the their captors in the village and i that i feel like that made a difference too yeah maybe maybe i'm hopeful i don't know can we talk about how her clitoris toughened
1: Uh yeah, considering I saw in reading the reviews, because you know I love to read a book and then read the reviews, yeah. like I oh, fucking love it. Uh and sadly I got a bit of a spoiler for the third one that does involve some clit stuff that is quite horrifying. Um, so yeah, yeah, let's talk hardened clit. Again. Yeah. And has Anne Rice like- ever had sex?
0: Like <laughs> i mean also here's the thing that just killed me um it, it, she kept referring to nipples as kernels and as a French canadian you eat a lot of corn um and i just that's where my mind went was like because your your body can't digest the outer kernel of of, of corn mm-hmm. um that's why you poop out corn whole that's why yeah yeah and that's why i was like stop why are you calling it that you never eat corn before and rice why are you calling it kernel And
1: again, Mm -hmm. it has real 40-year-old virgin. Her boobs (laughs) felt like bags of sand energy. Like it just had, (laughs) I've never been intimate with another person energy. And you know Anne Rice has fucked. You know that goth mom has been railed. But that
0: those little details, I just was like, is Anne Rice a virgin? (laughs) She virgin? Um no her no she's not um if, okay but we need to talk about like some of the information we got in this story because the last story there was nothing there was nothing we got nothing except that um this is a time honored tradition um and just a point that you had said is that um you know the parents don't know what's going on but they do because a lot of the the parents had to go through it themselves so they're. Oh, aware.
1: yeah. Some of the yeah. parents did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Some of the parents that basically were hot back in the day. You're right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if they um, were ugly, they the were life...
1: spared. But
0: I mean, the life expectancy here is like probably like 60 here. at the most. So um, but um, some of the things we learned is that um, they have these traditions where sometimes like the townsfolk will... S- will serve themselves up to be like judged to see if they could go to the castle and be slaves themselves. And then they get to live on like the same level as these princes and princesses. But then also like members of the court can be sent to become slaves in the village. Like if they displease the queen or if they offer, I guess. And I thought those were really interesting little tidbits. And then they, talk about like how it's been two years and like raiders have come and you know it's like well last time they took a bunch of our slaves but then we find out that like oh actually the queen learned how to be a fucking weird sex person from the sultan that has now stolen these slaves so it's like oh the web is growing wider like you know and in this i mean and then you think about how you know at the end of the story they're they're being sent to this sultan and they're being just like gussied up in like gold paint and fruit and shit and pillows um and the lord that comes to like haggle on their behalf to like make sure like we know how long you're gonna be here um who explains like yeah no, no like you know the queen the queen's aware like this is normal don't worry about it but he's like you can't ever talk because you're gonna be further objectified. Like they don't want to know that you have brains. And Beauty's like, oh, they don't want to know that we're human. And it's like bingo. So I guess by that reasoning, the kingdom ain't so bad. <laughs> like if you if you think about it, like if you ha- if you okay, if you had to compare <laughs> how they. Tra- how they treat everybody i mean we'll we'll know more at the end of the next book i I, I hate that we have to read it but we will know more um and we are gonna have to decide what scenario if we had to pick we would prefer because right now i think that they got the most honest to goodness love and affection in the village Mm mm-hmm um i think there were worse punishments in the kingdom for example the whole kitchen scene was terrible like in the first book i don't think we talked about it but we talked there was what was it uh, prince alexi and he was sentenced to to punishment in the kitchens and one of the things that the kitchen staff did was they put like honey or something all over his junk so that flies would attack him and that made me want to barf oh yeah yeah, yeah. no it was, that didn't it, happen in the village
1: no no that's true that's true
0: there were no bugs right there were no bugs and they had constant bathing which i was like thank christ yes like nobody wants to be a stinky like semeny sex slave like who nobody wants that and obviously the people having sex with them didn't want that either but they also seemed like they were a bit gentler than the royals were yeah did you get that am i am i i mean i think I you're being
1: that? very <laughs> generous because these people are just garbage but you're right like i mean if you're comparing two spaces yes you're right yeah yeah
0: yeah and i mean moving forward would it really listen? Would it really be that bad to be fed and bathed and never have to talk? Let's discuss. I realize you make your money talking, but um, <laughs> I mean, I could. I would love to just like not have to say shit no more. Like, yeah, you want to paint my body and worship <laughs> me? Okay, all right. Lesser of a few evils, I guess. Honestly, yeah. If I had to go full
1: Ariel and just be like. I don't got a voice, but I got a smoking hot bod that people will pleasure. You know, yeah. it's better than honey on my junk. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And again, that's really the core. I mean, folks who are knowledgeable about kink, actual kink, um, which again, it's still uh, the jury's out on whether Anne Rice actually knows what she's talking about. But, um. But that's the whole appeal of being a true submissive is that you don't have to think you don't have to act. You don't have to say anything that you just give up complete control to someone else. And there's something liberating about that. And Mm -hmm. in our culture, something very taboo initially for men, because men are supposed to be dominant all the time, but now it's still almost kind of edgy for women in a feminist era to say, I don't, I just want to basically be a sex doll. (laughs) Um, and have someone decide everything for me. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the worst way. Again, like you said, I just keep thinking about, you know, if the comparison is is that or honey on my genitals or <laughs> me being a literal horse carting people around or being impaled on a crucifix. Like, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll choose that. But it's a true choices
0: within constraint situation. Let me <laughs> be clear. <laughs> yeah and i don't know what one thing i will say um you know i i've read i don't remember if it was a book that i read or an article but it was about um this woman who had left like a really like either a violent relationship or a violent background or something and she ended up turning to um like a dom sub relationship to work through her trauma and It worked for her as like a sub, you know, but within like having the rules and the constraints of that, she was able to work through a lot of her trauma. And I thought that was really, really fascinating. You know, obviously not for everybody and obviously not what they're doing in these books. But um, what I did want to say is that I appreciated that um, this book did have um, the perspective of Tristan as much as it did because I personally have never read anything about submissive males and I kind of appreciated that although you know it was written by a woman like I get that um I I guess there's there's this this you know fetishizing women in submissive roles is very super common and i think for a lot of women when they think about bdsm they think about themselves in a submissive role not necessarily in the you know the, the domineering role and so um i appreciated that that was in the story yeah you know and, yeah, and yeah i mean i i appreciated that i guess and i guess it goes back to what she uh, ann rice was saying about how these are stories for um you know everybody
1: yeah right yeah and like I mean we could go into a whole conversation about like dom sub stuff but I do find it so fascinating to me how like I've made this joke publicly but it is the god honest truth that you know just talking about you know you're talking about like the sub dom and like the assumptions that are made in north North America around like yeah women are submissive men are dominant and I mean anyone who's ever online dated or been like on you know skimmed Tumblr porn has seen like fake daddy dom bullshit which is basically just men I mean it's what Young Gomeshi did right like men who try to um, cover their violence with Oh, it's just kinky. I'm not abusive. I'm just kinky, you know? And they just want to be misogynist and get permission from it. And, you know, anytime people like myself push back on that, especially under the the umbrella of feminism, it's very much that I'm sex negative. And I was like, no, literally be a pony. I don't give a shit, but like, just don't be awful. (laughs) But what I do find funny and fascinating is when I am just in the world as like someone who is high femme, but also like a quote-unquote ball buster, like a very feminist person with a very sort of persona as very feminist. Conservative men think that I'm, or like center-right kind of men assume that I'm dommy because I'm mm-hmm. a feminist and therefore hate men. And therefore they're in my DMs being like, step on my balls, mistress. Like, just like, that. even though like, On main, they're like, fuck this man hater. And then in my DMs, they're like, let's step on me. (laughs) And then progressive men assume that I'm subby because they think that's the like subversive thing for me to be that like, oh yeah, she's like a dom in the streets and a sub in the streets, like, or in the sheets. Like it's such a bizarre, like I literally can tell you right away a man's political leanings based on the assumptions he's made about my sexuality. And it's literally 100% accurate. Like at no point is anyone just like switchy. Like literally, I guess you have to be centrist to assume that or something. <laughs> or like an anarchist or something. But I get that all the fucking time. Like it is bananas to me how many men will be in my DMs. Like literally step, it, step on my balls, mistress. Let me lick your feet, mistress, blah, blah, blah. And then you go on their page and it's all Jesus memes And like the fucking frog from Reddit or like it's just like the weirdest, weirdest thing. And again, it's just like born from like, I don't know. And I get in our culture, we claim that we're like so much more progressive now or like we're so much sex positive. But it's like we are in some ways, but we still fall on these like very stereotypical sort of tropes of like, what if someone wants to be super feminist and like ball busty in public? and in bed. What if someone is just
0: both? What if someone doesn't give a shit about like power exchange? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Although it is I will say this that um if you if if a man that, like 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 a straight man is like insistent on being a dom and you have the audacity to suggest that you could, you should switch sometime, Like the gall (laughs) on their face is delicious. Like, what do you mean? As if like, they're completely emasculated by it. And I love it. Yeah. Like I,
1: I find, and I mean, this is one of the reasons why I love our podcast is that, you know, I have two degrees in women's studies. Like I find gender, sex, sexuality. I find it infinitely fascinating And I just think it's so interesting how, like, everything is political, you know? Like, your sexual preferences are political, and it doesn't mean we have to deconstruct it to the point where it's not hot anymore, and I don't think you need to write a dissertation on why your kink is what it is in order to, like, be able to act it out. Like, that kind of shit is, like, too much for me. But, I mean, it is interesting, Mm -hmm. right, to think about, you know, men I've met who want to be submissive, but are afraid that it's emasculating or that it makes them gay. Um, You know, other men who are like super conscious of wanting to be egalitarian. So struggling with their own feelings of like domination and not wanting it to be abusive or misogynist and like shaming themselves because they have these fantasies, like just, yeah. And then women being like, how can I be a sub to someone when in the like in the by very definition that's giving your power to someone but then like in a society in which men have all the power anyway am i ever really you know what i mean like whoo the layers
0: the fucking layers i feel like as somebody who does not have a degree in women's studies um i find all sex very icky but um oh my god i took a <laughs> sip of water
1: and that was the terrible idea i'm like oh renee's gonna say something cool i'll hydrate and then,
0: then, <laughs> 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 it's just real icky but my um, friend
1: renee who's secretly been catholic this whole time carry on <laughs>
0: <Dumbiness>. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um you know, you you tell a good man in the bedroom to strangle you, and you will see a level of panic you have never seen on a man's face. <laughs> oh,
1: ladies, that's like, like, what do I do with my hair. Yes, yeah. yes. I hope after me too, it's even worse. I hope they fucking break out into a sweat. I really do.
0: If you're not giving your man hives in the bedroom, you're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. That's on
1: period,
0: as we would
1: say. (laughs) I mean, I think we just end it right there. Boom. Just wrap (laughs) up the whole series. It's been said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll pop it on a mug. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, But again, like,
1: do you think, and this is my genuine question, and again, we can come back to it after we read the third one, but honestly, Brene, does this read... Like, as someone who's not a virgin, who doesn't actually think sex is icky, do you read this and think Anne Rice has done some freaky shit? Or do you read it and think Anne Rice wants to do some freaky shit?
0: I think she wants to. I think, I think, you know, I think she did a lot of very theatrical, freaky deaky shit, like, you know, popping out of coffins and shit. Um, but you know, she was married to another writer and they had a son who was a writer. And I feel like (sighs) writers, like writer, boomer writers, there's (laughs) no, like you can be gross like Salinger or you got to be a lesbian, but like in between you're just, you're just mom and dad. You're just mom and dad. Anne Rice and Stan Rice. I I feel like this was. A love letter to her husband just being like look what i wrote and he was like oh yeah maybe maybe it was her maybe it was stan rice that wanted to be spanked and she was like i got you baby and (laughs) she wrote this trilogy for him i'm i'm speculating she's like i'm gonna go back to my coffin now he's like see you later my love you know yeah i mean
1: jury's still out for me and i i I do really really wonder and obviously we can't ask her now because she has yet to uh ascend in her final form as a vampire but um that we know of that we know of yeah she's hanging out with
0: Nicolas cage right now that's where she lives (laughs)
1: fucking right she is (laughs) Uh, Nicholas Cage, I will say, is on my list of top three celebrities that I think is an absolute beast in the sack. And since that is-
0: relevant- 100%. 100%. Uh,
1: so, okay. So I want to hear, what, I want to hear your thoughts. Because a friend of mine brought that up once and she's like, I just feel like he would just be like so tender and na-na-na, just like shockingly so. I'm like, oh no, I think he would be a freak that would be down for whatever oh, you had to he say. He goes-
0: he 100% goes full method in the bedroom. Oh, like, 100%. He, can You know, miss. he's he's pulling out, like, the Ghost Rider mask that nobody asked him to wear. And at some point, he's going to light his head on fire. He's going to come out in a bear suit. He's going to come out as Superman. Like, something. And it's going to be awesome and fun. Like, oh, 100%. No I feel like it. he is the kind of person where you could say, as you
1: said, strangle me or, like, pee on my face like you could you could say the most filthy fucking shit in the world and he wouldn't even blink he would be like yeah just let me get my plastic sheets like dude does not fucking care also i feel like he eats pussy like it's his last meal not as much as woody harrelson i don't know why it is in my (laughs) head that nobody is hungrier for pussy than woody harrelson i don't know fair he just has that energy of a man that's just like Make my face a chair. Point finale, this is all I need from you. He has that energy about him. Don't know why. But um, I have yet to decide how I feel about Anne Rice on this whole thing. Ultimately, I mean, you know how we read some books and it's like, oh yeah, this person get it. And then other times you're like, ooh, this person is not speaking from that place. I've yet to decide if she is just trying to push the boundaries because it's so edgy. Again, like pony play is stigmatized in 2022 like i cannot imagine writing a book 38 years ago and putting mm-hmm. that in there like she
0: bold but i feel like that's it was i feel like for Anne rice to write this much about pony place this is the second book where she's just <laughs> it's a lot stuck on pony play, but I don't think it's a lot coming from her given that she's written about werewolves and vampires and giants and witches and devils and Jesus. Like, you know, like, I, I feel like the pony play is pretty, pretty standard for Anne Rice. I feel like if that was a thing, you know, that she was going to do, the, you know, it, it it makes sense. It makes sense. But I wish She would just change it up a little bit, frankly. Like, yeah, I
1: mean, you're right. I've never read any Anne Rice prior to this, so this is my only reference point. But yeah, I mean, if you write, if you're known for writing spooky stuff, this is like not that weird comparatively. But I just, I just, yeah, it's a lot, and it's one of like I feel like pony. I mean, not for everyone, but pony play is one of those things where you're either into it or you're not. I don't really see a lot of room for maybes. It's a hard no for me. I I don't get it. I don't think it's hot. You do you. But like, so it was just It was so <laughs> much. And I was like, oh, sweet baby Jesus. But I, know. Uh, I will agree with you. I mean, it was marginally, but it was still better than the first one. Um, yeah. Although... I just when I was like, okay, maybe this isn't as garbage as the first one. Then the fuck of racism, like I can't. You're reading a fantasy world. Did it have to be Arab soldiers that come and steal them and make them sex slaves for the Sultan?
0: Did she did she say Arab? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Say, all I saw was like olive skinned, and I was like,
1: okay. Yeah, and then it's like a Sultan, which like that language is also very much like you know brown now so i just was like yeah i mean again it doesn't mean you know every. it is what it is it's 1984 blah 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 but i i just think it's worth noting that whenever yeah. whether it's game of thrones or this anytime there's a world that is fantasy and you see that kind of writing and it's not commentary on like these people are awful because they're racist but it's just like straight up oh these brown people came and stole these sex slaves I'm always just like, yikes, worth
0: noting. So, I mean, shame on you. They're worshiping her. They're worshiping all the slaves in a very sex positive way. True, but it's still. Right? The white folk weren't doing that. That is true. But think about it.
1: I do think it's just worth noting. So, again, like you said, it could be that in the third book, that they realize, oh my god, I've never been happier because these people take good care of me. And like you said, they worship me and they're sex positive and they see this as a, you know, power exchange and not a power over.
0: You know, could be. Could be. Yeah. But it is the next book, while they're in captivity with the Sultan and his people, um, that they find freedom. So I mean, let's not let's not poo-poo it too quickly, Julie. But I want to say there is a reason that we have not yet read like chic romance. Seek? romance? Sikh. Yeah. Like
1: or like she or romance? like the chic. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a there's a whole trope of that. And we have not touched it. Um even though it's very like still modern. And I think it's because, you know, it it feels weird. And I think that's what's happened here. You know, as soon as as soon as they were she was like silken turbans, I was like, but did it have to be? Yeah. Did it have to be? But the whole the whole chapter so far is like they're being treated with dignity. They're being treated I mean, fed, they're being given cushions even, like they're not being hit, like, and when, you know, all of that, whereas like, I think of like, the the village is like, this dirty peasant village where they've got (laughs) flies and mud everywhere, we're going to spank you at me, like, that's what I thought, meanwhile, it's like, here's this beautiful, sweet-smelling cargo ship that they're on, and they've got cushions and grapes, and they're honey all over their bodies and gold it's like that sounds lush like (laughs) if i had to choose i want to be on the ship oh yeah i want to be on the
1: ship that's fair well dear listeners because we love you so so much we are going to (laughs) continue to read um and we will tell you how it ends in our next episode we will read the third in the trilogy called beauty's release um, which will tell us how she was released. And we will be able to put a bow on this here trilogy. I'm glad we're reading it. I'll say that because it's so iconic because it's so important. It has significance. Um, I feel like it would be a huge omission for us not to read this similar to how we're eventually going to fucking read 50 shades. Um, mm-hmm. Cause you just, you kind of have to, Uh, but you know, we're always about peppering in the obscure the forgotten and then we'll hit up some classics and yeah we can't you can't do a romance and erotica podcast without talking about
0: this period do you want to hear a little uh passage before we wrap up the show absolutely we haven't given these people any passages yet so hit them no i worked hard to find one yeah (laughs) (laughs) so here we go hit me okay sorry give us some context where are you we're on the ship, and the last chapter of the book is called Voluptuous Captivity. So I'm going to read about her voluptuous captivity. Are you
1: ready? I'm ready as I'll ever be.
0: Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> the little armor of mesh was removed from her sex, and tender fingers patted and stroked her until her sex awakened. Then she gazed into the same lovely, olive-skinned face of the man who had first greeted her, her attendant he must be and she saw that he was taking the fruit from the bowl, dates, pieces of melon and peach, tiny pears, dark red berries, and that he was carefully dipping each piece in a silver cup of honey. Her legs were stretched wide apart and she realized the honey fruit was being placed inside of her. Her well-taught sex tightened irresistibly as the silky fingers forced the quartered melon deep within, and then the next piece and the next, bringing stronger and stronger flushes and sighs from her. She couldn't keep from moaning, but this her captors seemed to approve. They nodded, their smiles growing brighter. She was filled with the fruit. She felt like, uh, she felt it bulging from her, and now she was shown the glistening bunch of ripe grapes that lay between her legs, and a lovely sprig of white flowers was dangled over her face, and her mouth was opened, and the sprig laid between her teeth, the waxy petals fluttering against her cheeks and chin ever so slightly. She tried not to bite down on the stem, merely to hold it firmly. Her underarms were being painted thickly with honey, and something, a plump date perhaps, was being pressed into her navel. Jeweled bracelets went about her wrists. She was being fitted with heavy anklets. She undulated almost irresistibly on the pillow as the tension melted in her, the vague infatuation with the smiling faces. And she knew fear, too, and she felt herself slowly transformed into an astonishing ornament. But she was left alone with the urgent caution to be very still. And she, heard, uh, and she heard other quick preparations in the room, heard other soft sighs, and she could almost make out the tempo of a heart beating anxiously near her. Finally, her captors appeared again, and she was lifted with great th- onto a great thick cushion like a treasure. The music grew louder as she carried up the steps, the walls of her sex clamping against the enormous filling of fruit, the honey and the juices trickling out of her. The gold paint had dried on her nipples, tightening the skin on every inch of her flesh. She, mo- she felt more sim- stimulation. Into a large chamber she was brought, the light soft and shimmering, the incense was intoxicating, the air pulsed with the rhythm of tambourines, the strumming of harps, the high metallic notes of other instruments. Over her head, the draped cloth of the ceiling came alive with hundreds of tiny fragments of mirrored glass, glittering beads, intricate gold patterns. She was set down on the floor again and, turning her head helplessly, saw the musicians far to her left and directly behind her, on her right, her new masters sitting cross-legged as they banqueted from large dishes of delicious-smelling food in their robes and turbans of ornately embroidered silk, their eyes darting to her now and then as they spoke to one another in rapid, muted tones. She writhed on the pillow, holding the edges tight, keeping her legs well apart as she had been taught so well to do in the village and the castle. And her silent fearful attendants cautioning her imploring her with dire looks and fingers to the lips again withdrew to the shadows where they stood to watch over her unnoticed by those who feasted ah what is this strange world into which i've been reborn she thought the fruit swelling against the stricture of her heated vagina she felt her hips ride up from the silk the earrings throbbing in both ears the conversation went on a natural current now and then one of the dark turbaned lords smiling at her before he spoke again to the others But another figure had appeared, something in the corner of her eye to the left. She saw it was Tristan. He was being brought in on his hands and knees by a long gold chain affixed to a jewel-encrusted collar, and he too was polished with gold oil, his nipples gilded. His thick uh, bush of pubic hair was dotted with tiny sparkling jewels, and his erect cock glistened under its thin gold burnishing. His ears were pierced, not with dangling earrings, but with single rubies. And the hair on his head was parted in the middle and had been beautifully brushed with gold dust. Gilt paint lined his eyes, thickened his lashes defined the startling perfection of his mouth. And his violet blue eyes burned with an iridescent radiance. Then he eats all the fruit out of her pussy and licks all the honey from her underarms. And I called this book Pony Spank 2 Rodeo Bruise. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much
1: an icon a legend the one and only renee Cavana marshall way to thank you so much way to fucking send us on our way with that one i mean i should. I just... mean it's a
0: far far cry from the rest of the book we're literally there in mud and dirt and dust and everything but um i didn't realize the description was going to take that long because i did skim but uh right after all that um he just goes to town on her. Like a, like a big bowl of fruit and like a fruit salad. And you say this as someone who doesn't even like fruit. I don't like fruit at all. It is vile. But I do like the idea um, of beauty getting serviced.
1: Absolutely, fucking And a, a vegan mm. who loves fruit, bring it. Bring it. <laughs> Get some vegan
0: honey on there. Yeah. <laughs> Just corn syrup. <laughs> uh, it's
1: made from apples, actually. It's a real thing. <laughs>
0: Oh, gross. Yeah. Not was good as <laughs> real honey.
1: Well, aye, aye, that aye. was an adventure that I'm glad of that I took with another
0: soul and didn't have to experience on my own. So thanks for that, Renee. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to wrap this up. I mean, I'm not excited to have to sit down and read. Another again, 200 pages. <laughs> another 250 pages. Yeah, but I, I always look at the chapters. That's how I know how far I am in the book. And I know in the next book they're on the high seas, and I am hoping for some pirates. Uh, I'm hoping for something. But there is a chapter called First Day Among the Ponies, and I'm like, man. Fuckin then Life Among the Ponies, and I'm like, come on. Can we stop frolicking like,
1: with the fucking ponies? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: get over it. Get over it. But then Revelations at Sea, and so I am, whew, I am ready. I want this high seas. High seas for these people. <laughs> well...
1: Join us for our next episode where we wrap up the Sleeping Beauty Trilogy. Thank you for joining us on this adventure thus far. We appreciate your support. And I, yeah, I'll see you on the other side, I guess, Renee. See you on the other side, pal. Do you want to sing us out? Sure do. Ravage love. Ravage love!
0: Bye! Bye! Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS The Number Two J Show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com.